Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. I think we're literally building church in one of the best cities in the world. We get to build the house of God here in our hometown in Liverpool. And you know what? It is an honor and a privilege that we get to stand on this platform and we get to open and share the word of God with you. We are in the middle of a series. Well, actually, we're at the end of our series called About Everyone, which is the line, the strap line that this house is known for. So whether you're in the room or whether you're watching us online, you made a great choice to come to church today. You know, when Luke opened this series and began talking a couple of weeks ago, I sat on the front row and I was instantly reminded of a scene out of the movie, The Greatest Showman. We all remember The Greatest Showman, right? A couple of years ago. And um, it's a story that is a base, it's a true story around the life of a guy called Phineas Taylor Barnum, who in the 18th century began what we know today as the circus. And what Barnum did, he was able to identify that there was many people who were born with deformities, they were born um, maybe with something that meant they were deemed different to everybody else, and they became social outcasts. There was not a place for such people in society. Society. So Barnum created what was known back then as the greatest show on earth. And he embraced these people and he said to them, look, you may not be good or able to do some things, but you are great at something. And he began to pull out their purpose. And in this gathering, this group of people, they found a place they could call home a people they could call family, and also they found purpose for their life. Now, there's this one scene right at the end of the movie where Barnum is sat on uh, some steps and sat next to him is a New York reporter who has actually been critiquing his work for over a period of time. And they have this conversation and the reporter turns around to Barnum and he says, I never liked your work. I did not like your shows. He said, but clearly the people did because you have created an environment that celebrates all of humanity, no matter how different or unique people are, you present everyone as equal. And something in my spirit left, leapt when I heard that conversation taking place. Because something in the inside of me said, and that is what the local church should be known for also. We should be building an environment that can celebrate all of humanity, where hum- unity is made, unity is found amongst the greatest diversity. For each and every one of us who come into this place, we all have a dysfunction about us that we don't want other people to know. Our dysfunction might not be visible like those people in the days of Barnum when he was creating his thing, but our dysfunction on the inside of us, we are like, there's a part of our story that we do not want other people to know about because we are afraid that if they really knew the real us, then maybe we too would be marginalized or criticized or stepped to one side. So we don't want people to know about my dysfunctional marriage or my messy divorce, or the debt, 
or the depression or the affair or the wrong type of living that has gone on in the secret, in the background of my life. We don't want people to know about that. And it's carrying that on the inside of us that often we come to the house of God and we feel different because we think I'm not like everybody else because if they knew the real me, they wouldn't want to know me. But I want to remind you today, it is for that reason that we're building a church that is about everyone, no matter who you are. You know, the Bible from cover to cover is full of stories of the most unlikely characters that God used for his purpose and glory. And their shortcomings, their failures, their flaws, and their mistakes, they're all recorded in Scripture for you and I to learn from and to show show and teach you and I that he has a perfect plan for us no matter who we are and that he loves us, unconditionally loves us, regardless of your past. So I want to take you to what I think is one of the most unusual books in the Bible. It is the book of Hosea and it is written about the man called Hosea. And um, this message, I've actually only ever preached one before, once before at a, a women's event many, many years ago. And when Luke was speaking the other week, I just felt really prompted to revisit this story because I think if there's ever a message that teaches us that the heart of God is about everyone, then this would be it. The book of Hosea is a complicated book to read if you just to read it in the carnal mind without contextualizing what is really going on. And so it's for that reason I'm not going to read through scripture verbatim, but what I'm actually going to attempt to do in the time that I have is give you an overall synopsis of the story of what is happening here. And my prayer this week has been that in doing so, you will know that God has a purpose for your life, whoever you are, regardless of how you find yourself in the house of God today, God has a plan and a purpose for you. So Hosea is a prophet to the nation of Israel. And that word prophet simply means that in Old Testament times, the prophet was the man who heard from God and spoke to the people on behalf of God. And so in this book, The book of Hosea is a collection of messages that God spoke to his people through the narrative of Hosea's life. So basically, God used all of Hosea's life, his marriage, his children, his emotions, his state of affairs. He used all of it as a metaphor to speak into the people, to show the people how he saw them and how he felt about them. It's a little bit like, you know, when we stand up here week in, week out, and we reveal, I don't think there's much of the Bryant life that you guys do not know about by now. It's like we tell a story, and from that story, we'll say this, we went through this, and this happened to us, and then we'll draw a parallel of what God is speaking to you. Well, this guy, Hosea, God just wasn't using pockets of stories. God was using his entire life. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to the people of Israel through your life. Because at this time, the nation of Israel was an unfaithful nation to God. 
They were unfaithful. They had included idolatry worship as well as their worship to him. Oh, if you asked them, they loved God. If you asked them, they still worshiped God. But they were also worshiping idols as well. All of a sudden, the God who'd set them free from captivity, saved them from Egypt, the God who'd done signs, wonders, and miracles for them, the God who'd won battles, protected them, covered them, healed them, set them free, all of a sudden, he's not enough for them. So now they need to include some idol worship. So basically, they'd made some illicit relationships with Syria and with Egypt. And through that relationship, they'd been introduced to Baal worship. Now, Baal worship meant that as well as the children of Israel praying and worshipping God, they were also worshipping agricultural gods, false gods. They were worshipping fertility gods. It's all of a sudden, it's like they need the thrill of something else as well. And we look at that and we say, how foolish, how foolish. I mean, it's not as though a, a false God can answer your prayer. It's not as though a false God could divinely protect you or hear you. How foolish. And yet, we forget that we do exactly the same. Because actually, we think that worshiping a false god is bowing down to a statue, but what worshiping a false god is pursuing another love alongside your one and only love. And we do it because we pursue the love of money, we pursue the love of popularity. We pursue the love of a reputation. We pursue the love of pleasure. We pursue the love of lust. We pursue the love of wrong relationship. (laughs) The world can be a very seductive place. And you can find yourself worshipping your desires without realizing you're bowing to your false god. And so this is where Israel were. Israel are professing to be followers of God but they're also giving themselves over to the lusts and the temptations of the world. So God speaks to this young man called Hosea. And this is the only bit of Bible text that I'm going to read to you in Hosea 1. When the, first, when the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of their children, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate to Israel, this will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. God was about to show Hosea that Israel's idolatry worship was like adultery in a marriage. And so God is saying to Hosea, I need the people to know how I feel about them. I need these people to know how much I love them. But there's nothing on this earth that my love could possibly be compared to. So listen, Hosea. I'm going to use your life. I'm going to take you through something so that I can teach the people something. Okay, let's just pause and let's just think about all the times you say, God, use me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not always what you think it might be like because God is going to take Hosea's life on a bit of a journey. And Hosea, it might not be very pleasant for you and it might not be very good for you, but out of your trauma, I'm going to teach my people 
a message. And I want to just remind some of you today that not every crisis you go through is an attack from the enemy, that sometimes God just allows you to go through an adversary so that people can learn something of him from your life. Because unless you go through something, it's the only way that people can see how strong God is, how faithful God is. It's the only way they can find hope to hold on to. It is the only way they're going to know the love of God is when you go through adversity, but you are steadfast in your relationship with him. And so not everything that comes against you is from the enemy. Sometimes God will just use your life. And so Hosea is a young man who's followed God all of his life. And now he hears God say to him, Hosea, I want you to go to the brothel and I want you to find a woman and I want you to love her and take care of her, marry her and make her your wife. I have three grown sons who all love the Lord with all their heart. But if any one of them came to me and said, Mum, I've had a word from the Lord about my future, me and the Lord would be having a conversation. And so this young man who's been faithful to God all of his life, he goes to the brothel, but not for business. He walks in and he, he goes to find a wife. And as soon as he sees this young woman, her name is Goma, he knows this is the one. She's the one. She was beautiful on the outside, but she was a whole heap of a mess on the inside. She was not what he had in mind for wifey material all those years earlier when he'd been dreaming of one day when. She is not what she, he had in his mind. This young woman was scared and scarred. She was used to dealing with men, but she was not used to dealing with love. She knew what it was to give her body to anybody, but she did not know what it was to be loved by a somebody. She told herself she was the sort of woman that men knew what to use her for, but she was not the type of woman that men would care for. And so Goma, for whatever reason, finds her life has ended in, in a brothel. And I wonder with Goma, as she met man after man and client after client, and this had become the narrative of her life, I wonder if she had thoughts of, is this it for me? Like, is this all life has to offer me? And I don't know your story, and your story may be different to that of Gomer's, but I do know we all have a story. And I think it's only fair to say that from time to time, we may have all asked ourselves the question, is this it? Is this all life has to offer me? Or is the more beyond the circumstances that I see? And I think Goma was having that conversation in her mind because as soon as this strange character walked into the brothel and asked her a question that she never thought she would get asked in a million years, straight away she said, yes, yes, I'll do it. I'll marry you. She had no idea what it was to be a wife. 
No one had ever modeled wifey material before her. She didn't, know what it, she didn't know what a wife was supposed to do or how a wife was supposed to act. All she knew was there was something missing from her life. And just by saying, yeah, I'll take up your offer, just maybe she'd find that missing piece. And I read that scripture and I thought, mm, do you know that's the story for some of you? of your invitation to church. Like someone just randomly asked you one day, hey, do you want to try church with me on Sunday? And for whatever reason, you just found yourself saying yes. You'd not really ever thought about it before. You've never thought about Christianity or faith. You don't know what it is to be a follower of Jesus. You don't know how you're supposed to act or what you're supposed to do. But there's something on the inside of you that's just got so exasperated with the same old, same old in life. You just know there's something missing and you just said yes. And you find yourself here in the house of God. Well, this was Goma. She took a risk on leaving everything that she knew to take her chances on something that she didn't know. So Hosea took her from the place where she was, and he took her into a place that she could now call home. But there was a problem, and the problem was this. Even though Goma had moved physically, she had not transitioned emotionally. So now Goma is in a new location, in a place that she wants to be in, but her old mindset and her old thought patterns kept creeping back to the past. Do you know that it's possible for you to be in one place physically, but mentally and emotionally be elsewhere? And I think it happens most often in the church. Or you find yourself in the house of God and you know it's where you want to be. You know it's a place you can call home. You know there is security in this place. You want a relationship with God. You want to better your knowledge and understanding of him. You know what you want, but there's something inside of you that won't let go of your past. And though you're here physically, Mentally and emotionally, you keep finding yourself wandering elsewhere, having thoughts of what was and who you used to be. This message is for anyone who finds their present life in conflict with their past. Like, you know where you want to be. You know how you want to be. But you can't break your thoughts, your cycles, and your habits from old. So here we find Goma. She's in a beautiful place. She has a beautiful home surrounded by beautiful things. She finally has a man who loves her, yet she's unable to receive what he's giving from to her because her mind won't let her forget her past. Have you ever been in that place where, where you feel like you're not worthy to be there? You're not good enough to be there. You're not the same as everybody else. So no matter how much Hosea was loving her and showering upon her, she couldn't quite find her fit. This is what happens when you only make the move physically and you don't have a heart connection and let God transition you spiritually and emotionally. 
You will always struggle receiving what God has for you now when you keep remembering back then. When you still speak how you used to speak. When you still act the way you used to act. When you still keep making the same unwise choices that you've always made. For though you can change positionally, if you do not move on emotionally, you will always live life as who you were and not who you're becoming. So you can be in the house of God, but you can still live as that person, speak as that person, think as that person. And that is not what God wants for you. There was a problem. And the problem was this, Though Goma was in the house, the house was not in her. Just like we can be in the house of God, but the ways of God are not in us. And so Goma had to make the, the whole move. You can be here, but your mind can be there. And so many people make changes to try and better their situation, to better their life, to forget about the trauma and the thing that happened. So they move house, or they move jobs, or they move countries, or I just need to swap my partner out for a new one, and everything will be better, but it is only ever a temporary fix. Why? Because though you've moved physically, you're still going to take that emotional baggage into the new place with you. The hardest thing for Goma was accepting that she had a new start she struggled to see herself the way that Hosea saw her, for he loved her. There was nothing about her he didn't know. All her sordid past, every detail, he knew. But his love for her was, he loved her, his, his love for her was unbroken. He was wholeheartedly committed. He was steadfast and she could not wrap her mind around that. And I want to remind you today that there is nothing in your life that the Lord God does not know about. Nothing. You're not going to say something to God and it's going to be a shock, by the way. He knows every detail about you. You could be in this place for the next 10, 20 years and have the darkest secret and we may never know about it. And that's okay because God does. There is not a facet of your life. There's not a stone that's not being overturned. He knows you intricately. Every little bit of detail about you, every wrong thought, wrong motive, wrong word you've said, God knows. And guess what? He loves you because he knows who you can be, because he knows who you were created to be. In Isaiah 43, he says, you are precious to me. You are honored by me and I love you. There's nothing, nothing, no thing that can separate you from the love of God. The problem was, or the problem is for us, is that every time God positions you, ready to give you his best, your mind takes you back to your worst. You see, the book of Hosea is a love story, a real love story. It is tragic and it is true. And the way he felt about Goma is the same way 
that God feels about you. Hosea showered her with unconditional love and acceptance. He kissed her with kindness, but this was a problem. Because every time Goma was faced with a difficulty, she'd sneak out of the house and go back to her old lifestyle. You know why? Because that was her comfort place. That's what she knew best. That's how she knew how to behave. How many times when life presents us with a problem, a difficulty, adversary, do we sneak back to being the old version of ourselves? I'm not talking about moving physically like Goma did. I'm talking about in here, mentally and emotionally, who do you revert back to being? Because we can be full of our praise and worship to God. But if you keep reverting back to anger every time you're faced with a problem, then that is a problem. Because the same mouth that's just been praising and worshiping God is now cursing and swearing and shouting because that's your default mode because that's what you knew to do. That's how you know to behave. So you keep stepping back into being that old person. What's happening is God is positioning you for his best and you keep running back, sneaking out the house and reverting back to your old lifestyle. For some of you, it's rejection. It's like you know that you are in the house of God, loved unconditionally by him. But when you found out you weren't invited to the party or the thing, you run back to that emotional state of insecurity. And that's how you begin to speak. And that's how you begin to articulate. And that's what comes out of you. It's the old version of you. But God has something different for you. It's like there's two versions of you living in one body. There's the carnal you and there's the Christian you. And it's like you're two different people because you know who you want to be, but you can't help but be this. And you keep going back. Do you know the, 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 the time that people most walk out of the church, most leave the church is when a crisis hits their world, when they're faced with a problem, because what they say then is, well, I've faithfully followed God all my life and, you know, God's just not come through for me. I'm in a mood with God because I'm not speaking to God because this has happened and that's happened. And I can't be in church because I've got to deal with X, Y, and Z. Let me tell you when the pressure's on, that's when you need to stay grounded in the house of God. That's when your feet need to be firmly planted in the soil of God. That's when you need to hang on to God with everything you've got and not do what Goma did. And that is keep sneaking back to your old habits and your old ways. And so the carnal you and the Christian you. Well, Goma had two versions of herself living in one body too. She had the housewife life and she had the prostitute life. And she wasn't sure who she was because she wanted to be this, but she couldn't help but be that. And the frustrating thing is for you that you do know what you want. You do know that you want to be in the house of God. You do know that you do want a real, authentic relationship with him. You want to hear him speak into your life. You want to see him move upon your life. You want to see him change things and move mountains for your life. You know what you want, but the frustrating thing is you keep sneaking back to the old version of you. You don't want to swear, but as soon as there's a bit of pressure on, oh, it's just out your mouth. 
because it's the comfort zone. It's what you know. You don't want to tell lies, but when your back's been put up against the wall, you lie to get out of that situation. I don't want to be addicted to that website, but I don't know what happens to me after 10 o'clock at night. I just find myself going there. And it's like there's two versions of you and there's a war waging on the inside of you. I found a place to call home, but I just keep reverting back to my past. And as you read through this most unusual story of Goma, you will see that she has children to Hosea because she has children, sorry, but they are not Hosea's. Because every time she returned to her previous life, she got pregnant with babies that were not his. And every time you return emotionally or mentally to your old habits and your old ways, you too will fall pregnant and you will begin to carry something you did not want to be carrying and then you will give birth to something that is not of God. And this is what was happening to Goma. You get pregnant with jealousy and you get pregnant with lies. You get pregnant with fear. You get pregnant with lust. You get pregnant with wrong living. You get pregnant with the wrong things. You get pregnant with with lustful living. And then once you've given birth to a relationship that is not of God, you know what we do? We then need God and we want God to bless our lives because we've made such a mess of our lives. But here's the thing. God can't bless what's not his. If it didn't come from his seed, he can't bless wrong. Okay, so so if you created that relationship and you knew it was outside of God's plan for your life, he can't bless it when it's all messed up. And so Gomer, she finds herself pregnant with children that are not Hosea's, giving birth to children that are not Hosea's. So in this story, we have this one woman living two lives, the housewife life and the prostitute life. Her past is in conflict with her present. It's who she was and it's who she's becoming. She's a little bit of this and she's a little bit of that. And the girl is all mixed up and she loses her identity. All of a sudden, she's like, I don't know who I am anymore. Because I've got one foot in the house and I've got one foot in the brothel. I've got one foot in the church and I've got one foot in the world and I'm losing myself. Because in here I feel like I know what I want. But, but I just keep going back to my old ways and my old habits. Goma was in the house, but the house was not in her. One night Goma left the house and Hosea couldn't find her at all. She'd gone missing, and she did it often. She sneaked out the house often, but then she would come home. Then she would return. But this particular time, she went missing, and she didn't return. And he was looking for her everywhere he's looking. Have you seen her? He's all over the town asking the question, has anyone seen Goma? She's my wife. (laughs) Um. We used to live together, but now she's missing, and I'm missing her. Has anyone seen her? She's the one I love. And I need to remind some of you today that this is a picture of the Father heart of God. 
Because I think God would really want to say to you today is that some of you have been missing and he misses you. Some of you have been missing from his house. It's like he hasn't seen you for a long time. He says, you you don't worship me like you used to worship me, and I miss that. You might say, well, God, you've got thousands of people worshiping you. No, 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 no. He misses you because your voice is unique to him. And he's like, I don't hear you worshiping me. You know, like you used to worship me. You know all those years ago when you were in love with me? You don't pray like you used to pray. I wait, I wait, I wait. You don't pray like you used to pray. You're not passionate about me. Not like you used to be passionate about me. You've lost your first love. Like you used to be so excited to stand in my presence, so excited to get to the house of God, so excited to talk about me to other people. I'm, something's missing. I'm missing you. I'm missing your interaction. I'm missing your heart. I'm missing our relationship. Has anyone seen Goma? She's my wife. I'm looking for her. God says, you've lost your first love. You used to serve in the church, and now you just attend the church. You used to talk to me every single day. And now so many days go by, and I haven't heard your voice for such a long time. Hosea goes all over the town looking for Goma. He can't find her anywhere. He's asked everyone. So as a last resort, he goes back to the one place he really does not want to go back to. He goes back to the one place that he really hopes he doesn't find her. He goes back to the brothel. He's asking the guys around the brothel, have you seen my wife? The story goes that she'd become so mixed up in her past She'd forgotten who she'd become. Let me tell you what that looks like. At first, it was just a bit of frivolity. It was just a laugh. It was a bit of escapism. It was just a bit of flirtatious fun. I just went back to be promiscuous just once in a while. I love God. I'm in the house. I'm in the church. I just do that every now and again. It's only a couple of glasses of wine. It's only one party. It's just a bit of a thing. But what started out for Goma as a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun, she's now become a slave too. For she now has been pimped out by somebody. She's on a table, chained to the table with a sign over her head, which is a price for her body. And men are bidding for this woman when Hosea walks in to the back of that brothel, to the back of that auction room, and he sees his wife. She looks very different to the wife that he knew. She looks very different. I just want to say that when you keep revisiting who you were, and when you're not willing willing to break and sever the past, it begins to put chains on you And these chains look ugly on the new you. 
chains of envy, chains of bitterness, chains of brokenness, chains that hold you, chains that bound you. And what was once a slip of the tongue and just a little bit of fun and a way of life now has you held prisoner. And there's a price over your head. And if ever Hosea had a get out card, this was it. He could have said to God, I'm done with her. Like, seriously, God, I can't take any more. She's a mess. She's defiled. She looks so ugly in all of her sin. I cannot be doing with that woman anymore. God, get me out of here. And I think God would have granted him that. He had the ticket to get out. But at that point, when he could have said enough is enough, do you know what he said? He shouts from the back of the room, I will buy her. Whatever the price, I will pay for that woman. She already belonged to him, which she'd allowed herself to get snurred up and slaved by something else. And he said, I'll buy her back. I will redeem her. Whatever the highest price is for her, I'll go double, I'll go triple, I'll pay above and beyond. I will buy that woman. I want to take her back. I have a plan for her. Whatever the cost, I want to redeem her life. I will pay it. I'll give her back her freedom. I'll give her back her dignity. I will cover her shame because she belongs to me. And Hosea went above and beyond and he paid to get this wreck of a woman back. And he begins to rebuild her life. And that's a whole nother story. But it's no mistake that God chose the man Hosea to tell this story through. Because the name Hosea means saviour. Saviour. You know, Gomer's story, her shameful story, actually turns out to be a very familiar version of our own stories. You put yourself in Gomer's shoes, there's a version of her, she lives on the inside of every single one of us somewhere. But this is my take-home point today, that everything Hosea did for her, Jesus Christ has done for you. That he has seen you at your worst and he has paid the highest price to redeem your life. He's offered you a fresh start with overwhelming grace. He's given you a place to call your home. He's given you a brand new beginning and overwhelming, unconditional, redeeming love that is about everyone. Let's stand, church. I'm so glad you came to the house of God today. And I'm so glad that you didn't let the makeup of this week keep you away. I'm so glad that you were bold enough, that you had the courage enough to walk through the doors. And I'm so glad that you found a God confidence in you that said, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to just go and see if I can belong there, if I can find a place, if I can find my fit. And I want to say to you, welcome home. Welcome home. But you may not know about the price that Jesus paid for you. And you might never have heard that before. 
And I want to give you an opportunity right now to make him your Lord and your Savior. He is the master of your life. You see, this world takes your life on a journey, on a trajectory (laughs) that is not right. We get caught up in lust and wrong living. We get caught up in lies and deceit and drama and problems and situations. And they ensnare us and they trap us. But God created you to be his in the first place. But he did exactly what Hosea did here. He sent Jesus Christ to pay the ultimate price and say, I want to buy that life back. And so if that's you today and you've never had that heart connection with Jesus, if you've only ever found yourself physically in the house, but you don't know how to transition emotionally and mentally, I'm inviting you today to invite Jesus Christ in to be your personal Lord and Savior. So as I say this prayer, I'm going to ask you, every head bowed, every eye closed, let's just repeat this in our hearts. Father God, I find myself here in this place not fully understanding everything, not really even knowing what it is to be a Christian. I just know there's a missing piece in my life and I believe it's you. I'm inviting you in to be the Lord and master of my life. Forgive me of my sin. And Father, I pray that you help me to embrace your redeeming love and help me to walk out my life right. In the name of Jesus, amen. And Father, I pray over every household, every family that is represented here today. Father God, my prayer is this, that when we're faced with adversity and problems and situations, God, that we wouldn't flee from your presence and we wouldn't avoid the house of God. But no matter how messed up and complicated we get, that we would hold firmly to the truth that we know. And that is, God, you love me unconditionally. And there is a place for me here. And there is purpose for my life. And Father God, I pray that as we gather together as the local church, we would not be known as the church of perfect people, but we will be known as a church that makes a place for everyone because you are a God who is about everyone. And so, Father, as we go throughout our week this week, I pray, Lord, that we remember who we are, that we are yours, and that we don't try and step out and dabble and become something different, something that's unrecognizable to you. But we stay true to our core values, you and your house first. And I ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.